Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's the Mission Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Mitchin. My name is Andrew Levins. My co-host's name is Mitch Orr. What up? And uh, I'm a food writer. He is a food cooker <laughs> by trade. Uh, every week we talk about all the news that happened in the food world and uh, our thoughts on those news. Uh, we also have a third co-host with us, not just a guest. We're calling him. We've elevated him to co-host status. Uh, all the way from uh, Icebergs, where he's a head chef, and also uh, the Dolphin Hotel in Surrey Hills, uh, Monte Kolodrovich. Wait, damn it. I got it, <laughs> I got got it so before. right when I was pissed. Kolodrovich, right? Almost. You went, you went in hard and you almost came out good. <laughs> Do I just keep guessing until I get it right? Yeah, no, it's all right. It's a pretty chocker's name, so as long as you have a crack. Lodrovich? Kaludrovich. Kaludrovich. Depends. I think the Russians always rolled it. Kaludrovich. <laughs> Menacing. Well, hopefully I get a few more chances to say Good it again to be here, in this episode. Yeah, lovely to meet you, Monty. Uh, <laughs> listeners of the Mitchin will have heard Monty's voice, I think, on three separate episodes. Most memorable being the drunkest episode we ever recorded. Is this the first one that I've been here that you've yeah. been here? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, on two, st- two, two rootstock appearances. Yeah. Because uh, I actually thought, Monty's never been on the Mitchin this morning. Yeah. The sea bomb warfare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the absolute cunt fest that was our, uh, our extremely drunk episode. I had to edit more than I kept. That's never happened for the Mitchin. Uh, shouts to Morgie for saying so many things yeah. that I couldn't keep. And Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so today on the show, we're going to be talking about Lucky Peach again. A little bit of update to that new story uh, has come out. Uh, we're going to talk about the perfect restaurant experience and why that may stop diners from visiting your restaurant again. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, it's review season at the moment. So we're talking about what's going on with uh, reviewing restaurants and some tips for, for restaurant owners. Uh, but before we get started, uh, this is a little thing that ties into another podcast that I host called Hey Fam. Uh, hey Fam, I co-host with uh, my good friend Angus Truscott. We talk about movies and, and, and video games, mostly movies, TV, video games. Uh, we're massive Nintendo heads. And uh, the latest console from Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch, came out at the start of this month. Uh, and uh, I, it, this is old news in the games world, but not new, no, not old news in the food world. Uh, so basically, before this console came out, this is the, the new console is called the Switch. It, you can play it at home, you can play it on the go. It's a perfect console for this on the go dad's <laughs> lifestyle. Um, but there is a new story that came out, like basically all these early reviews. I don't know who's who the fuck decided to to taste them to begin with, but suddenly every games website was recording. Was like was like putting out there that uh, the game the Nintendo Switch cartridges taste like shit. <laughs> so there have been all these articles on on different like you know tech and gaming websites about these 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 cartridges tasting disgusting. And I thought, what 
better way to kick off this episode Why? than getting two people with refined palates to taste these mm. and we, we, we can share thoughts. So, Monty, I'm going to give you the, my prized possession. This is how important of a Zelda, guest you Zelda's are. Got a taste Zelda good. Breath of the Wild, which I'm, I'm currently about 60 hours deep into. It is the best thing to ha- that happened to my life. Mm. <laughs> so, Wait. don't lick li- this too hard. I want yeah, to this Mon- little area. If Monty yeah. slobbers all over it and then it fucks up, what are you going to do? You just want to put it... Hold, hold, hold your horses, Monty. Uh, Mitch, Mitch gets the uh, one-two switch, a uh, gem- pretty terrible game that my son really likes. But uh, so yeah, Archie doesn't really have much taste, does he? <laughs> Monty, I want you to like, tip, tip of your tongue, taste this cartridge. Hold on, I'm going to think why Vegemite. Are gr- and why then are taste grown it. people doing this though? Okay, so apparently, what's the, what's the history? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You lick it first. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, does taste horrible. That's well, acridly horrible. Right? No, no, it doesn't taste inert. Doesn't like taste plastic. Plastic. Tastes horrible. Oh, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> what, what are they coated it with? It's probably fucking poisonous. It's, it's so, like it's like the shit you paint on your nails if you chew yeah. your nails. So that's it. Yeah. So because these are these are it. new cartridges yeah. for the, the, they're small. Oh, right. Nintendo were worried that kids were going to eat them and swallow them. <laughs> so they put that shit that you put on your nails to uh, That's legit what they did. I guess so. Yeah. But they haven't come out and said that that's what it is. Oh, but there was a rumor going around. Gross. And what's ended up happening? We're all tasting them. You're, all these different gamers are like, <laughs> I'm gonna taste them. <laughs> Disgusting, but we we go the full the full mile here at the Mitchin. What would you pair with those game cartridges? <laughs> oh, <some> craft beer <laughs> or, or a rave, and hope that you're following it up with something else that tastes <laughs> as accurate as that. <laughs> something else is chemically imbalanced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are going to start tripping in the next yeah. five minutes. Fucking hell. Uh, so yeah, I, look. I, I, I assure that. you, yeah. Nin- Nintendo, the games play a lot better than they taste. But yeah, I, yeah. I wonder. No one's done an article that's like uh, the best tasting game cartridges <laughs> <laughs> with the Switch at the bottom. I reckon like Super Nintendo maybe tastes maybe. the best. That was the a, old school fermented or just, flavor, or just the NES. Nes, Nes yeah. games, yeah, you, 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 you dry. Dried them it's almost like a sandwich holding type. <laughs> They're big enough to hold. Oh, that's terrible. So uh, that's our video game content for the week. If you awesome. want to hear me that, actually talk about the games, listen to Hey Fam. That was unpaid for content. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Nintendo aren't really going to sell any consoles based off the fact that some chefs said they tasted like shit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this uh. is the mission. We talk about food, and uh, I want to talk about some places that I ate at because I feel like we very rarely talk about food we actually ate. Um, I know Mitch, you're working way too hard. Yeah, it's been mo- quite a stressful week. My uh, my phone has decided that it no longer likes charging, so I never know when it's going to die. Dang. Wow! So I'm pretty stressed. So it's hard level stress <laughs> for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just get a new phone. Yeah, bro. We're not <laughs> all just, on that. I though. just went through that. I think no. I think I need to insurance job it. Let's. What if we do a tasting SIM card video? And hopefully, <laughs> Apple will give you a <laughs> new phone from the, from the sponsorship. That's what I thought. I was going <laughs> to shout out to Apple, but. Um, so I ate at uh, two of my favorite restaurants that I very rarely... Well, actually, one of them I, I've never been to. Uh, but, it, but it is one I, of your favorites. I knew favorites. it would be one of my favorite. I ate at Kalpla <laughs> in, in Chatswood, in the Thai joint. Yeah. Have you been there? That's Hongi's mate's one. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. he worked at Misty's for a bit. Have you been there? It's like, it's like modern Thai. Yeah. It's awesome to do like fried chicken uh, wings with like um, Tom, Tom Yum flavors. Great. And, uh, and I also ate at Chairman Mao, which is the... Uh, You've been in the Mao before though, right? Like hundreds of times. Yeah. But I hadn't yeah. been in years. And uh, I just been. Yeah, it's I, haven't, been a, I haven't been a long time either. Yeah, I, it hasn't been that long for me. The last time I went, though, I didn't go with any any truth oracles. And Andrew thought that I needed a the white man experience. Yeah. And so I talked it up to all these guys, and then they've come in going, "Mate, this is absolutely pedestrian." <laughs> and I asked him, and he goes, "Oh, I didn't know you want spicy tonight." <laughs> 
But I'm, I'm definitely due a visit. Yeah. Well, we got. I, I've had that time. Whenever you take someone, you're like, oh, don't worry. This place is fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, Chairman Mao is like a. Um, what, what area? Hunan. Hunan. Hunanese. Uh, cuisine place in uh, Kensington, just near Good Luck Pinbone. Um, and. Uh, they they absolutely when they first came on the scene everyone was just talking about oh my god this place is so insanely spicy um and i took a mate after going there a couple of times who like this is a mate who i took him to dodi padang which is a, like a thai soup place in uh, chinatown it fucks you up well they do this this soup there which is like they um, did levels levels of heat and like level two is kind of too much for me <laughs> <laughs> i can go up to like level five without like you know tasting it in my eyes yeah. um but uh they do level nine and with every level they add another sp- another spoonful of this like you know super hot spot you know spice mix that they put in all their soups it's just i think it's just straight up dried chili like dried yeah. scuds um and uh he he's he did level nine and <sighs> like barely broke a sweat Fuck he was that. like yeah yeah, it's pretty spicy. <laughs> but I took, before that happened, I took him to Chairman Mao and they didn't give us the spice. He was like, you know, what, what, what are we going on about? But yeah. we, I, I took, we went back with him last week and they, he was like, I love spicy food. Please don't hold back on the spice. And it was right. fucking brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. When they, uh, they put a, a tray of pickles on your, on your table and, and the yeah. spice level comes immediately, yeah. you know you're in for it. Because they let it build too. Yeah. Every meal I've had it at the Chairman, like it builds and by the end of it, you're a fucking wreck. And especially because they don't, it's not all, um, all the dishes don't use the same kinds of chilies no, as well. Yeah. They've got some with green chili, some with dried chili, fresh scuds, that kind of thing. Yeah. The yeah. steamed fish with pickled green chili yeah. there, though, has to be top 10 dishes for me. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what we've fucking all time. Yeah. Always get it. Yeah. And I think it's so just good. like bassa fillet. Yeah. 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 Super cheap. It's, it's like, not you know, good. It's not good quality no, seafood. No, no. But it's about the texture and yeah. then you mix yeah. it with these, you know, like this kind of paste of green chili. Yeah. It's so juicy. Yeah. yeah. So great. So, uh, yeah, I salute those two places uh, for giving me the hiccups and uh, ruining my bathroom experiences <laughs> in the last week. You eaten anywhere good in the last week, Monty? What have I been doing the last... I just got back from Bali. We did a... So, uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, nah. <laughs> it was it was up and down over you there. Said Bali, not Perth. Yeah, <laughs> but the um, I was trying to go deep on some Indo stuff, and we sort of missed the mark most days. But the guys at Coup d'Etat sorted us out for most of our comeback meals after eating shit. Right, and that was pretty good, pretty yeah. decent. There's nothing worse than like walking into a tourist trap in a in a spot where you know there's good food. It's just like you know Bali's one of those places where it is actually quite hard to find yeah. the good stuff. It's definitely there. Yeah, it's definitely there. You just got to get the lowdown from somewhere. We're only there. We only had two two spare days free, and one of them was a ride off poolside type day, (laughs) and we probably missed our one opportunity at a good place on that day because we were just poolside. Yeah, eating eating over price club sandwiches. Yeah, not no. We couldn't even get that. It was like a a chicken pitta pocket that was just had its ass falling out. (laughs) It was rotten. Uh, I went there with for, for, for a friend's wedding who shall remain nameless for this story but I mean, we've talked about this wedding on the podcast before so you can probably put it together but uh, we got we got mushrooms delivered to us uh, <laughs> multiple times and each time it was they brought us to a, brought it to us pre-mixed in uh, raspberry Fanta wow so it, and it was actually like this quite weirdly delicious pungent strong sh- like stocky raspberry so raspberry well. Fanta broth. With yeah, mushrooms. With mushroom, magic wow. mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. I, I don't think I'd ever heard that detail before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You've true. heard all the other details. Yeah, that that's night. new. Yeah. yeah, we'll save them for another episode. We should have that today, not switch games. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know. It hasn't quite been five minutes. Oh, your, your cartridges haven't kicked in yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, I can still fucking taste it. You always hear that, don't you? Bro, they haven't kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> Monty, um, you guys just launched a like a sandwich menu. Yeah. Um, at at the Dolphin. Uh, did you put that menu together? I did. Yeah. 
give us a lowdown? Um, well, I guess we. It's funny at the Dolphin we're a pub and we're not a pub, so we try and we try and skirt that that line of giving quality and food that we like and having fun, but still representing what a pub means to people. So we wanted to bring out a lunch offer, um, and I guess secretly I've been waiting for years to do a sandwich gig, and it's just never sort of presented itself yeah, it seems and this, to be something that's always in the back of chest minds yeah, yeah. good sandwiches yeah um my wife used to run a, a blog called sandwich face yeah. she was a food writer before i was yeah right <laughs> yeah, it's better debatable it whether you're still a food writer <laughs> <laughs> or game liquor <laughs> yeah, professional game liquor the um but because we, we've got the salumeria in the wine room from the outset i was like we should do sandwiches in the day mm-hmm. and everyone was a bit doubtful no one's going to go to a pub for a sandwich lunch mm. um and then as time sort of progressed and the pub guys in the business saw what we were doing the the vibe on sandwich lunch sort of came around and we put together a list of favorites and we're we're just sort of going through it now we got slammed week one We've mixed the menu up, and sort of each week we'll add a few and take a few off, and yeah, keep no, it I neat. Yeah, uh, had some on Monday after golf for the first time. We just mash Tokyo Seven Eleven. It's really good. The old um, egg, Can't see. nah, egg, egg, egg sandwich, egg salad, egg salad sandwich. It's been and, a surprise um, hit that one. Yeah, I think I think people are pretty into yeah. into that kind of vibe. Everyone knows, you know, going into the the Lawson's or the 7-Eleven in Tokyo yeah. and copping a cop an egg salad or a katsu. Isn't it when it hits spring, I think, or maybe it's winter when they all of the um, the hot things on sticks are just like sitting in hot water um, at all the convenience <laughs> stores over there and you walk in and it stinks. But oh, <laughs> Japanese <laughs> convenience stores are the best. Yeah. And then what was that one we had? We just went on the pork. Roast oh, the go get a porketta. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Did you create these or just name them? Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't create porketta. But, <laughs> but the... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's sort of, they were operational names at first just to describe what they were and we sort of try and keep the fun in it. And the 7-Eleven was, I asked Herdy, what's your favourite sandwich? If you're a sandwich on the on the menu and he goes, it's got to be a Takeo 7-Eleven egg salad. So then they, those names just got there and now they've all got apt names except for the pastrami and rye which we can't come up with a name so we've just left it as pastrami <laughs> rye <laughs> if you if you've got a name for that let us know the mitch podcast at gmail.com we'll pass it on and take a 50 percent cut of uh, of of the success of the sandwich yeah not that not name. that sandwich you can take a 50 percent cut of the omelette sandwich I think. <laughs> <laughs> um so review season has started um if you uh if you are familiar with the guides the gourmet traveler guide the good food good the good food guide Good food, good guide. <laughs> uh, you'll be seeing reviewers from all those. And, and there are other guides in Sydney, too, in, in Australia and Sydney as well. Um, but basically, reviewers are all out and about uh, eating at your eating at restaurants and uh, some of them eating up to five more. I mean, you know, some of the editors will be eating, you know, every single meal in restaurants this week um, yeah. as, the, as the deadlines get closer. Um, I'm, I actually, and you're going to give me a lot of shit for this. Uh, I, I've been currently eating at about five restaurants a week doing my reviews. Um, and I always get sent restaurants that I would never get sent to restaurants that I would never go to. Um, so, which is kind of like the fun of it, but also you kind of do eat some average stuff, but you know, mm. cause who's complaining really? Uh, I am complaining though about what eating minimum five restaurant 
meals a week will do to you. And uh, as of yesterday, I am officially an F45 gym member. <laughs> <laughs> you can go with Hongi, bro. That's all right. I did F45 class yesterday. I, mean, I, I mean, really cannot imagine you at F45. That's great. I'm in utter that's, pain right That's now. video yeah. content. Yeah. <laughs> if there's ever been video content, that's it. Uh, Actually, and it was uh, our guest last last week, Ray Jones, who pretty much for- not just put me on, forced me every single day. Like, have you joined yet? Yeah, uh, I'm okay. thinking about it. He's like, no, no, fuck you, Levin. Let's go there <laughs> now. I can see you're the nearest one to you. Here's the, what time the next class is. Uh, go down idea. to it. Yeah, so, uh, you should go with Hongi too. Hongi, Hongi's big on the F45s at the moment. So what F45 is, you, you exercise for like 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off, or around about that for 45 minutes. And you do like these, like, uh, like almost like, Semi aerobic routines, and you'll do like you know, like circuit training, crunches, yeah, circuit training. I believe it's called in the in the biz. Semi aerobic, semi aerobic. <laughs> you go if you got a semi aerobic. It's, right it's aerobic for everybody yeah. else, but it's only yeah. semi for Lev's. <laughs> I, mean, I did okay. It. I did okay. <laughs> but <it> was, <laughs> One sit up, fuck. <laughs> so I, I guess we can give uh, gym updates <laughs> each week now. That'll be great. Um, but uh, I, I thought, yeah, have you? You guys have obviously noticed in your long tenure uh, as uh, restaurant owners and head chefs, um, you know, you kind of get to know the people in the in the food writing industry. Have you ever noticed a you know a, a reviewer in your restaurant while you're yeah cooking? yeah of course. I mean, obviously, there's the ones you know, but I just thought it was sort of interesting to talk about because I don't know if people realize how long the reviewing season sort of is. Like, it pretty much starts. And the end of February, kind of, um, and it, like mid January for for GT, you get, you go. get some yeah, submissions because depending on when each guide comes out, but so pretty much right after the Christmas rush and all that kind of thing, and just pulling your head back together after all that, you're already into review season, so you never know who's going to come in because it's not just the names on the paper or the guide that come in. So they've got a hundred for good food, don't they? Yeah, some something stupid. Plus. Way more than that, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something insane because when you count regionals and that kind of thing, it's, it's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot. I'll, I'll ask Miffy. And the ninety-eight of them probably don't really know what they're talking about. But <laughs> oh, reviewers, I've even restaurants. Yeah, no, 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 no reviewers. No, no, yeah. No. Oh yeah. no, there's, there's, there'd be like less than fifty. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty big anyway. So you know, you you're kind of straight on your toes, and then that sort of goes through through the year. So it's a pretty long slog, and I think that's why we all sort of get so worked up about it the week that the guides come out and then you know after that you don't really care because you're in, in the Christmas rush and yeah. stuff like that we so should party once again. we get the word that the uh, publishing right, right, yeah. Ollie, you know, Ollie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then um, but then you've got people like me who always hand their shit in late yeah. so it kind of yeah. gets long but yeah so it just sort of reminded me because Miffy actually came in to me last Wednesday um, booked under the person that she was with name and on the same night, Pat was at the bar. He's from Tukome Traveller. And he had his serious face on as well. So, <laughs> you can always sort of tell when they're there in an official capacity and then when they're there in a professional capacity. And when you, you know, if they book under someone else's name, it's pretty much automatically a, a professional yeah. meal. It's good to know the difference as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then so, Miffy came, as soon as Miffy sat down, I was like, ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> It's it's review time and, you know, Miffy's, it's, I think it's different in Sydney because we all know each other and there's a lot of overlap. Like in other cities, the food media and the chefs are very much segregated mm-hmm. and there's not an overlap. But I know for someone like me, 
who has been in the industry for a relatively short amount of time but in that time has had a lot of support from the press and stuff so you get to know these people so it's kind of funny when they come in and they've got their professional hat on and they're not being the usual dickhead that they are or whatever you know so you know and then if he has a has a little notebook out and she's taking photos and then writing notes on the photos and stuff like that so it's pretty funny to sit there and and watch her go through her professional process rather than her just getting drunk and having a good time <laughs> yeah but i mean i feel like you know with a restaurant like like you know both of yours which is restaurants that that those reviewers like they'll both go there throughout the year multiple times because they yeah. like it anyway yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah that is you know it is almost a good thing that she's doing that because it means that she's not just like you know writing from her memories no yeah yeah but that's the other thing too we probably have four or five other reviewers will come through as well that we won't know about yeah yeah and do the same thing so when it goes to that round table discussion it's not just one person's opinion and it all gets weighed out and discussed and you know sure why should this be that and xyz yeah um my my tips for anyone who notices or any any restaurant owners or you know chef that notices the review or even you know uh wait staff that notices uh you know, a, a reviewer in their in their midst is um, a lot of people get will kind of get so set on making sure that the, the reviewer's dining experience is perfect. But if if the reviewer knows that they've been rec- recognized, they're not looking at what they're getting. They're looking at what the diners around them, how they're being treated, the food that they're getting. I mean, yeah. most good restaurants. I mean, you, both of your joints obviously already yeah. already. That, do that, I mean, but, that's something I was told from a young age. Anyway, is if there's a reviewer in the restaurant, the the rest of the restaurant is almost more important. Everyone's a reviewer. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, isn't and it? And they are these days anyway. Exactly, yeah, yeah with <laughs> social media and everything. Yeah, yeah, you know. You can get slammed on any night of the week. I, I got, thousands of people see it. So I got slammed at the Dolphin where we do Romana-style pizza because this guy was letting loose saying this is not proper Neapolitan pizza. It's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> It's a good place, though, the Dolphin, for reviewers because they can go anywhere. There's nooks and crannies. Yeah. Um, and there's also loads of contact with staff that won't know even what a review Re- system is. Yeah, or yeah. what the reviewers look like or who they so are. So you've got to just go with the fact that all your stuff is going to get judged yeah. and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, if you see a reviewer that you know at your restaurant, I think it's like, you know, like both Miffy and Pat have like hundreds of plebs like me that they can send to the restaurants they don't like so then they can just review the ones they do. So I think it's a good sign that when you see them in your own restaurant. You're definitely not getting sent to Acme for... <laughs> <laughs> I've probably given the worst review they've ever got. Les doesn't come near yeah. Acme on his fucking days off anyway. <laughs> Chef didn't even talk to me. <laughs> Chef doesn't pull his weight in the podcast. <laughs> So last week on the podcast, we um, we brought up that Lucky Peach, the um, independent food magazine, was folding. Um, not in the mail um, for good. They're not going to put out issues anymore. Good dad joke, me. Yeah, um, uh, real good. Uh, but uh, we we got a few things wrong because that's what we do on this podcast. First, I said that Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain was involved. He isn't. I also said that it was uh, published by McSweeney's, but they have not been involved since 2013. Yeah. Became a self published. Because obviously thing. we do no research before we talk about God it. God no. God no. I'm proud of it. Um, but uh, we also said that, you know, and we kind of assumed that Lucky Peach was, uh, was ending because 
uh, we assumed it would be like uh, a dwindling in, in, in readership. You know, that there weren't enough readers or, or people paying for the magazine or advertising to cover the costs of the magazine and the website. Uh, but it came out shortly after that, that that's not true at all. Um, yeah, which is pretty good to hear because you'd like to think that something as unique and fun and interesting as Lucky Peach would have a big following. And, you know, like I said last week, it's nice to actually have a physical something to hold and flick through. So the fact that that isn't the reason that it's folding is kind of good news for the rest of print media, I think. Yeah, um, the, to go further into it, the, the real reason it's folding is because... Um, Chang's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> David Chang is, is a hard person to work for and with. Uh, so yeah, uh, the uh, two, two people owner at the moment are Peter Meehan, who we talked about last week, and David Chang. Uh, used to be uh, like the founder, Chris Ying, who was editor-in-chief. He, a year ago, took a step back to editor-at-large. I don't understand what the I difference what between those two terms are. I, w- I want to adopt mean. that, though. Just chef at large. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely not the first story of of someone having trouble working with David Chang. So, and he's since come out saying that he's looking for investors to carry on his vision of what Lucky Peach was um, without Mm. Meehan. So I don't know. I I think, yeah, on one hand, this story is, is good because it shows that there, there was, I mean, it, the, the numbers are in the, in this article somewhere. It's on New, New York Times. Um, and like they had an incredible readership. Um, yeah. And the cookbooks were selling. It was well. growing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and great, uh, you know, what are impressions or whatever uh, on their website. Uh, but I, I guess we're going to see two new projects from, uh, from in the press world from, from David Chang and, and, and Peter Meehan in the future. Who knows? Who knows? What's like your like dream? If a dream magazine about food could come could be delivered to your door quarterly what would what would kind of the vision be well lucky peach is pretty close i mean for me personally maybe i'd like a bit more like i'd like something more lifestyle mm-hmm. not just food but you know like a bit of music and a bit of fashion yeah. or whatever in there as industry's well Industry's way of life as opposed yeah. to just industry's plates and yeah seats. and tie and sort of tie it all sort of outside of the kitchen stuff into it a bit more as well but i guess that's a bit more of a niche kind of thing too yeah, well, that's the idea of dream questions, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Lucky Peach is really close to it. You know, I, I was always, I'm always excited to get my copy in the mail and wonder when it's coming. And it's always pretty great to read. So it's it's a loss, that's for sure. Can we do Lucky Mango here, Aussie Aussie version? <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Mango, so and it's just got a, like a four X gold on the front. The Milton Mangoes, yep. amazing. <laughs> what would, who would be the editor? Editor at large, is that? <laughs> the, you're, you're the editor at large. I'll be okay. I'll be editor okay. chief. What do you want to be, Mitch? Uh, for contributing, <laughs> contributor, contributor, contributor at large. What was so like? You know, like, to describe like the average issue of Lucky Peach, you would do like a focus, like you know, like a massive kind of section on a particular dish and its origins. Yeah, well, the best ones are sort of around yeah, a dish or an ingredient kind of thing. Like I said, like the last issue I got is all about chicken. So sure, you know, when you have a focal point to then build off and take tangents from i think that's when it's always the most fun kind of like the podcast when we have a focal point yep and then just bounce off that that's always the best i think for the way my mind works so what's the main feature in the first issue of lucky mango (laughs) monty yeah well editor at large monty (laughs) it might be something we need to nut out a little bit further (laughs) what's that what's that like you know if if it's going to be like the australian take on a on a a dish or, or an ingredient 
You'd have to start with meat pies or something, wouldn't you? Pies, that's pie, that's, the pie issue. Yeah, that's what, you know. Ray said last week the only food culture we have is meat pies. Meat pies, so, lamingtons. You know, you may as well start <laughs> there. You yeah. could do a whole Australia vs NZ of who invented what and whose dishes whose and the battle. Yeah, a, a, a magazine that focused on the different different countries that have immigrated to Australia and their influence on our cuisine would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's heaps of cool shit you could do. I guess the first. The first app would have to be an intro app, wouldn't it? Yeah. So how would you yeah. intro it? Just a little breakdown of where Australia's at, I guess. Yeah, the may, maybe a little um, timeline of, you know. Yeah, little intro to Australia. To Hi, world. Da, da, da. <laughs> and here we are now, just because we're on the other side of the yeah. planet doesn't mean we're not kicking your ass. It's like, welcome to Adelaide, where the mayor is a crazy sapper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so look out for the first issue of Lucky Mango coming out very soon <laughs> until me and Monty have a breakdown because I'm impossible to work with. <laughs> with Lifestyle Contributor Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Life, lifestyle Editor. I'll be Lifestyle Editor. What are we doing this week, Mitch? Golf. We'll go. Yeah. See, we'll be able to get... Yeah, you'll we'll just turn into a golf, all the golf yeah. We'll be able to get on all the good golf courses. I'm, I'm going to argue that, that you playing golf is funnier than me trying to do at 45. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's not just me playing golf. It's Monty, it's Clayton, it's Parsi. Well, I mean, you would know that, Monty. Is it funny? It's funny when we're on the course. Yeah. It's, no, fucking, it's, it's, it's fucking just hilarious. the idea of Mitch with his like... No, well, watching us playing golf is nowhere near as funny as you doing as any dying of lying on the floor. Exercise. <laughs> I think the funniness of golf wears off, but the, the ongoing funny golf Mitchism <laughs> is the, there's the... There can be a deterioration of, of mental stability. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing the internal battle around trying to sort of regroup, is, that's probably the most entertaining... And then CJ doesn't give a fuck full stop. No. <laughs> Whether yeah. He can have three hits at the same shot and he's just still <laughs> cool and calm. Yeah. Who's the who's the best on, on, on the, is the pitch? Is that what it, the course? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> on the golf pitch. I don't know. I don't know if there is a best. We're all is about it? the same, really. Yeah. yeah. Any one day, anyone can. So we're all inconsistent yeah. and fucked. Yeah. And we rarely get through 18 holes. And we're talking about putt-putt yeah. as well, right? <laughs> Which putt-putt course do you guys play at? We, we should that actually one, do that. that big one close? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Out on Victoria Road in I, I drove past it recently. I realized that my, my parents-in-law live there, like live across the road from uh, it. And I've never been. I should take Archie there. It's so good. But it's been sold for redevelopment. I'm pretty Shit. sure it's always closing down. Well, all the signs are out the front still. So Maybe it's, maybe it's the end of the year or something. You should something. do a live Mitch and Putt. Should, it's so fun episode. there. It's really good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. Good for your game as well on, oh, the, yeah. on the real pitch. Yeah. What about F45? We reckon I could tie it in. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, that's good as well. Bit of core, core strength. Core strength, yeah. Good for your swing. Um, so I went for dinner um, up the coast with some old friends of uh, of mine and my wife's a couple weeks ago, and uh, they were talking about like perfect, really great meals they've had recently, and they brought up something that I'd never heard of before. And I wonder if it's something that you guys factor in. When, I don't know in any way. It's, it's maybe ridiculously not so, but they basically they they had what they described as a perfect meal at Hubert, and. Uh, I was like, oh, I still haven't been to Hubert. B's been like, you know, I've heard so many good things about the dishes there. Like, I can't wait to go. And B was like, oh, we should all go together. And then her friend said, oh, no, no, we can't go back because we don't want to ruin the experience of that yeah. perfect meal. Is that something that you guys have come across as chefs in the in the past? Well, the, I guess the, the thing I think about perfect meals is it takes two to tango. And you could go and have the exact same plated food and not have your perfect meal yeah. mm. because you might have an argument or you might not be the same level of hunger or you might just not be in the in, in, in the, the same, same mood. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the idea of a perfect meal is, is a tricky one for that reason. Yeah, I, it's, I went fle- to, it's fleeting, isn't it? It's never just about the food or the restaurant. Yeah. And I guess it's sort of like... Um, you know when you watch that movie and it's just ticking all the boxes and you don't want it to end because mm. you're like, I don't know any other movies that I haven't seen which are this good and then it ends and you rewatch it and it's not as good. <laughs> so I guess that's the channel that they're going down where they don't want to shit yeah, on that I last meal. For me, if I have a really fucking great meal somewhere, I want to go back and eat. Try, try the rest of the menu. Yeah, or try the rest of the menu or go back when the menu's changed and see how it, it's evolved and grown and... And that kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It seems seems silly to me. But I mean, I guess when you have like you know people that aren't in the food industry at all, where it's like you know the dining out isn't the priority. It's that treat that you only get to do so many times, and there's that infinite number of restaurants on your list that you've got to get to. That, yeah, then it's easier. But I guess also from a business perspective, I want to be the place where people go. Fuck, I want to go there every week. Yeah. Not. Oh, I went there once and it was amazing, but I'm yeah, never going to go again. Yeah, it's a up of a business move, isn't yeah. it? Perfect meal, never coming back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we've got to try and be slightly less than perfect. Yeah. Go I'm, I'm going to go to Momo tonight for snacks and I'm reckoning that's going to be pretty fucking it's good. It's so fucking good, bro. But I'm definitely going there because yeah, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely, definitely going to go back as yeah. well. Yeah. I'm going to Momo this afternoon for a meeting with Paulie, so it won't be as good. Oh, great. Well, I'm going for a meeting as well, which my wife is like, that's not a fucking meeting. <laughs> I was like, babe, business meetings all the time in restaurants. <laughs> I think like the the key to you know avoiding that like you know not wanting to have the perfection ruined is offering that more casual element to your dining experience at your restaurant. You know what I mean? Like I, no, because like Hubert's a casual restaurant, right? Like for me, if it's well, not it's not casual full casual, yeah, but. It's, if it's chill over the top and stuff like that's never going to be a perfect dining yeah. experience 
It's in know? the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's personal taste and personal preference. And like you said, it really depends on your fucking mood at the time as well. There's What's so many variables. Have you ever had like a good meal that was ruined by like you being in a shit mood? You think off the top of your head? Mm, I have. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Go in. Let's be specific. Well, I, when I first, when the Ledbury first opened, I went with my ex-wife, and we, she was being an absolute dick, <laughs> and she ended up leaving halfway through, and we were just getting bombed with white truffle, and like Brett Graham's food and white truffle are good mates. Yeah. And that was upsetting. That like fucked it up. Could you have to leave, or did you just stay there and finish? The well, meal? I tried to stay, but it was just <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't fucking easy. <laughs> but it does happen. Yeah, can you I mean, beat, I've, had, I've had arguments in meals with girlfriends and stuff all the yeah. time. Yeah, it happens, man. But yeah, like that's 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 a true show of the quality of the restaurant and the service. I think if you're, it's pretty obvious that you're having a shit meal, and if the restaurant staff can navigate. Not that you're having a shit meal, you're having a shit time unrelated to the meal you're having. And if the restaurant staff can navigate that and either turn it around for you or help you get through it, it's a pretty a pretty good sign of the level. Yeah, relationship stuff's hard though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. How have you dealt how do, how, like if, if you saw like two two diners having a massive tiff at your restaurant, how would you how would you tell the floor staff to deal with it? No, you kinda just give them a bit of bit of space and be un um, unintrusive and and hope maybe, that one of them walks out. Yeah, maybe have, <laughs> maybe have a little giggle about it amongst yourselves, and that's generally how we dealt with yeah. it. Yeah, like just laughed at them. Yeah, yeah. pretty isn't, much. Isn't the most yeah. positive thing. Point you can and do. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Break down the barriers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got some emails this week, and uh, everyone listening uh, is encouraged to email us. Uh, the email address is uh, the Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, we uh, got one from a uh, an ex guest and good friend, Callum Boys, uh, who is the current editor for Good Food in Brisbane. Uh, but I, I hear good rumor that he's moving back soon, which is very exciting. He should be involved in the uh, Lucky Mango for sure. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Loves a few mangoes, Love doesn't it. he? <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. I smashed... Actually, no, he doesn't. I, I was out, I had a night at the, uh, on the piss with him in, uh, in Brizzy a couple of weeks ago and... Uh, he wouldn't make the switch to Forex because I love Forex. Yeah, and he did, he wasn't having a bar of it. Wow. Yeah. So next time we have a moment, we'll get into that. I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure I'm, Mitch can't I'm wait pretty to sure our last session. Can wait, yeah. He wasn't being so discerning. Our last session, I don't reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I love Forex. Yeah. Know, it's like a. As I get older, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is the beer for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Callan sends an email, and he starts off email the like every email to us should begin. Hey, cunts. Reckon this might be a good discussion piece for the Mitchin if you haven't touched on it before. Keen to hear your thoughts. If a chef is employed by a restaurant and they create a signature dish, can they cook that dish at another joint when they move on or does it remain the intellectual property of the restaurant? This bloke in Brisbane is making a fuss about the fried duck dish he created at Public, which won Queensland Good Food Guide Best Best New Restaurant when it opened five years ago. Old mate reckons Public should take it off the menu as he wants to serve it at his new joint, which opened 10 weeks ago. Putting any legal contracts to one side, my thoughts are, don't be a cunt. To my knowledge, Duck Chef has never had a financial stake in public. The original public owner sold in 2015 to an overseas investment lot. They're probably cunts too, but if I'm buying a successful restaurant, <laughs> I'd be expecting the signatures apart, that the signature dishes, sorry, signature dishes are part of that deal and that they, that they stay on the menu exclusively. Uh, Neil Perry came out this arvo and said that Phil uh, Wood's chicken wings and kombu butter will follow Phil wherever he goes. But would that have been the same if Phil fucked off to open his own joint and Eleven Bridge continued to operate? 
For what it's worth, fucked if I know that how that public fried duck became a signature dish in the first place. <laughs> it's fried duck and cornbread, classic Brisbane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, if you're relying on a dish that you created five years ago, mm. and it's fried duck, you're in you're in trouble <laughs> to begin with. So, you know, it's a tricky one because technically you create something, but you create it on someone else's time and money so i think yeah like you like callan said it's usually you know don't be a cunt like i've had dishes that i've created at places i've worked for or worked at and then i have cooked them again in other restaurants you know like the first goat pasta that we had on at acme with the nduya and green olive oh i love that dish and mint I did that first at the Beresford right. when I was a sous chef under Danny Russo and that dish got written about in reviews and all kinds of things and it was technically Danny's dish because I worked for Danny but at the same time I created it so if I want to cook it again I'll just cook it again but if anyone asks me that's what I'm going to say and you know the same thing like you can credit something and say this dish was from xyz and probably skirt around it if there's no legal contracts but again if you're relying on a dish that you came up with five years ago to still be your selling point you've probably got bigger problems also when you call the dish is actually called kentucky fried duck Mm. (laughs) (laughs) or just the fact that you're then out there having a bitch about Mm. trying to get your duck dish back is a bad look yeah, I so like the the snapper pie at the boathouse is a great example of a signature dish that just fucks everyone up. Yeah, because it's such a big seller. It stays on no matter who the chef it stays is, on yeah. no matter who. Mm. And you could go and do the exact same dish anywhere, and it still wouldn't. It wouldn't then make fifty people order it in your restaurant yeah. every night. Yeah, it's about the restaurant that it's in and the story and. Well, even on a smaller level, like Danny Pepperell's uh, uh, pretzel with whipped potato is probably never going to leave the Tim William menu. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, again, tricky because Dan's doing a completely different style of thing now. But, sure. You know, that was probably a conversation that the guys had, that Gio and Enrico and Marco would have had with Dan before he left. And, you know, they came to an agreement and it is what it is. But everybody knows anyway that that's Dan's dish. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, I think as long as people give credit where credit's due and then just fucking move on. It's irreverent though how it all works. Like, it's... That dish, as an example, is a version of a dish done in loads of places. Yeah. But it's about the engagement with Ten William that people have had and with yeah. Dan's food in general and that people start frothing on it. So, again, mm. you could someone else could go and work there and do the dish somewhere else and it wouldn't mean shit. Yeah. And they'd put it on, no one would give a fuck and they'd pull it off and go, uh. So yeah. it sort of is about the venue. Like my yeah. Tokyo 7-Eleven, it's an egg salad sandwich. Yeah, I'm not going to say, oh, that's coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, surely there's like you know a variation that you can do on the dish too. You just don't. Go yeah, well, that's that's the, the thing. I thing. mean, you know, or just you know, we've had the radishes that we used to do at Duke on the menu at Acme, but everyone knows they're Duke radishes, you mm. know, and everyone has that relationship with them. And now that it's X amount of years removed, it's more about a nostalgia thing and a memory thing and. You know, oh fuck! I used to love that, and I used to love Duke, and la la la. You know, so good radishes, great radishes. Yeah, it's it's there's ways to do it, but if you're relying on that thing that you created so long ago to still define who you are and what you're doing, mm, like if you were doing like kingfish GNT pasta, yeah, like you you got you got problems. Like if you haven't grown and evolved, 
yeah, like your issues are bigger than, you know, trying to get old dish back. Have you ever had like problems? Like, like, like you guys have never really had issues? Like, would Danny ever come to you like, hey, I saw you put a dish that... Nah, no, nah, I don't think so. But at the yep. same time, if I was ever to do something that was a, a Danny Russo dish or a Giovanni dish or whatever, I would credit them. Sure. You know, like if I Instagram it, I think I've done it before. I've Instagrammed things and said, this was inspired by Giovanni's dish of this or Danny's dish of this. You know, you just just give credit where credit's due. Hmm. Uh, moving on to another email we got from Deborah. Um, she says, hi, Lev Dog, a.k.a. Lev's Dog. Uh, on the podcast, <laughs> can you do that thing that magazines and fake news does where they ask a restaurant for the recipe and tell people the recipe and can the first one be pinbone spatchcock, which is so juicy, is it confit or sous vide or something? I don't care if you only do this one time. It's okay. We're going to have Mike on in the future. We can, uh, we can ask him for his spatchcock recipe. Yeah, no, I'm sure. It'll definitely be sous vide though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could hit Mike up on Instagram and he'd just give it to you. Anyway. Yeah, that's He's very true. He's pretty liberal with that. Um, also, what are your thoughts on why Sydney lacks American-style diners and late-night sandwich food places that aren't bars or shit Mex- or that shit Mexican place? I don't know what you're talking about there. What's, what's a late-night shit Mexican place? El Loco? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know either. Are we lacking that shit, though? Uh, um, we'll get to it in a second. Could it work? Can you encourage someone to do it? Or why hasn't it evolved here? Isn't there a market for coffee and tuna melts? Um, so, Mitch, this actually ties back into Duke because you guys tried to do the late-night dining thing. If we're still trying to do it at, at Brose, like everyone's tried to do it. The lockouts now have made it even harder, impossible, but, basically. But like six, seven years ago, it was you got like no one came between 12 and 2. No, right? and that's the thing. It, the culture for it just isn't there in Sydney. And no matter how hard you push and how much the press promotes it or whatever, people just don't go out and it's not a viable business model. Mr. Wong was going to be late night. And it's not because it didn't work as a business model. You know, the only places that work are fucking Golden Century and, and Chat Maccas. Thai and Maccas. That's it. You know, like it's just not there. And personally, I don't want to eat a tuna melt. I don't know. Maybe Monty could make make With one coffee. that I will make one that I could eat <laughs> that I would eat. Um, yeah, I don't drink coffee either, and I don't know why you want to drink coffee past She's midnight. She's talking about like classic late night diner, like Greasy Spoon, yeah, yeah. cuisine. Which I think, you know, if, if if a fucking... The equivalent of a Waffle House opened here, that would be unreal. You've been in a Waffle House in, this, in like the Southern yeah, States? Yeah, but yeah. is it going to be done properly? No. Is it going to be fucking corny as shit? Yeah, yeah. You know, the same sort of stuff we talked about last week. Yeah, I don't know. People have tried to do diners. What's Jazz City? And, <clears throat> you know, there's like... There's a few around and people have tried to do different things and... The culture of that kind of thing just isn't here, so they don't seem to work. I got asked to um, like help out and put a menu together for a, uh, a Brisbane restaurant um, that was going to. They wanted to open up a diner, and so I, I took the chefs and and the owner to like my favorite diners in in LA, in in New Orleans, and in and in LA, in New York, where for like this whirlwind trip of like in, insane eating for over a week, and then came back and he told me he was wanted to open a French bistro instead. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a pretty great game. Yeah. Well, I think the Aussie version, though, is sort of more like a burger bar. And I think of when I grew up, there was a place called Leo's Food Bar. Mm. And it just had like a few pastely bonquettes opposite a few grills. The fuck is a pastely bonquette? You know, like pastel a booth. as in the color. Oh, yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
and um and i also went to a place down in in southern victoria called kerman's burger which was like pretty fucking dope i mm-hmm. feel like the burger and the and the pie run is the yeah, aussie the version of the diner anyway. there's that well, we've got where the, do we go for brando's bucks there's that diner there in whatever that oh that was done really well wasn't it yeah um, and that's supposed to be really good but again it's you know it's two hours south of sydney or whatever but i can't remember yeah anthony from vix goes there all the time and always instagrams it barrel-y. about it yeah it's a little bit past barrel i think but it was closed when we went obviously yeah it looks really great it looks yeah, legit the food, look, food good. look good um yeah i just I mean, from, even from a cuisine point, like I mean, we've got Harry Harry's Cafe de Wheels, which I yeah. guess that's the closest thing you get to an Australian take on a late night diner. Yeah, I don't well, know. I guess in the other sense, cafes are our diners, aren't they? Like our morning diner is a cafe. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, and yeah, we've yeah. sort of just gone yeah. real. Yeah, we have on ca- we have cafe culture, not diner culture. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess the best answer to that question is just go to late night Golden Century. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to get a sandwich, go to Bar Rose late night and fucking get a sandwich. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, you know, go like spend some money at Bar Rose. There's places. Sometimes it's often open till twelve. Yeah, twelve. There's places that do it, but again, like the government makes it really fucking hard. Yeah. So get baked and go out late. <laughs> <laughs> Sage lick, advice. Lick, lick yeah. some cartridges. Fine food. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we got one uh, last email from Brent. Uh, he's, he begins his email sub cunts. I'll allow it's it. Like, Sup? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm maybe the only American listener of your podcast, which I'm very excited to hear isn't dead. America's not dead, is what he's saying? No, no the, the podcast. podcast. The podcast is dead. Oh, right. Amer- sure. America's on its way. Yeah, yeah. America's dying. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely know that Ryan Harris and Aaron Pooley, who have both been guests on the podcast in the past from Napa Valley, listen at the very yeah. least. Yeah. And my sister lives in New York. She listens. She's not American, though. All right, cool. Uh, all right, Brent, you, you win this round. Uh, I work at Gentlefolk in Basket Range, and I'm probably going to move to a new city after harvest to get a restaurant job. That's the most quaint sentence I've ever read. Yeah. Yeah. Explaining about what all that means. Um, yeah, what's a city? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, t- tell the listeners. What's Gentlefolk? Gentlefolk is a winery or a group of... Um, maybe not a winery, but it's a group of people that make wine, wine yeah. in South Australia. I don't have time for maybes. I want definitive answers. Fuck Gareth. Gareth, and Gareth plus crew, isn't it? Yeah. Who's Gareth? He's Gentlefolk Wines. Gentlefolk Wines. Oh, cool. I've had a Gentlefolk Wines Yeah, you would have. And Basket Range is just outside of Adelaide in the in the hills. And uh, a city is what we're in right now, Levens. Right, and what's Harvest? Harvest is picking all the grapes to make the wine. And here's the hardest one for me to to get my head around. What's a job? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone could explain that to you. (laughs) My little brother is a cook in the US and is coming over from the States later this year. Are Australian chefs willing to hire people that are here on working holiday visas, which will only allow for employment of up to six months at a given location? Looking forward to hearing more of your bullshit. Bring back the totally pissed episodes. Shouts to my boy Monty. We brought him Wee. back just for you. We're both not. We're both uh, very sober, but we've been drunk together. Yeah. So it's almost. And there. we'll be drunk again. <laughs> Short answer is yes. Uh, to all these all these questions. All those questions. Yeah. Of course. Yes, you should of, move. Yes, we will hire yeah, six month course, visa holders. We'll hire six month visa holders. If we can get someone that's guaranteed to work for six months, that's probably four months <laughs> more guaranteed than you usually get. You know, like. If they come from, if they come from good restaurants and they come and do a trial and they have a good attitude and they want to work and they fit in with the team, then yeah, of course we'll hire them because that's six months of someone being employed that you can rely on, 
and hopefully it becomes a good part of your team and then you can help them go on to their next six months in their next wherever they might want to go next so well, so does this mean that he only wants to be here for six months or he's no, open to you pro- guys it's probably like- on a 12 month working visa in that you're only allowed to work oh, right. at two places for what if you get months. sponsored is that that's a thing? completely different thing yeah. right that's a completely different thing yeah it's a, it's a bad attitude I reckon Mitch touched on it good attitude definite job yeah because you know you can at Acme you can be taught to put the things on the plate like it's not really that hard but if your attitude is shit you're not going to fit in mm-hmm. and because we're such a small team and a small restaurant attitude is the biggest thing and if you come in with a shit attitude you're going to throw off the whole balance of the restaurant and piss everybody off and piss me off and not last and that's a waste of everyone's time maybe we should have like a segment on the show where we just ask if you need staff at the moment uh, <laughs> the answer is always yes <laughs> Monty you need some staff at the moment sure do All right, anyone listening right now that wants work in the food world uh, both uh, what do you, you need icebergs you need a dolphin we're right? just always Everywhere. looking both yeah. these guys Everywhere. need staff they need them now so uh, get in touch and don't th- I don't know I feel like if you're working in a, in a restaurant you know with the idea of one day you'll work at one that you actually like just make the switch yeah, now yeah, like exactly the, the good the good places need don't staff wait. as yeah. much as the bad don't ones wait. do if there's a restaurant that you want to work at approach them approach them say you'll do a couple of days stage you know get yourself in there we got someone doing that today at icebergs who yeah. contacted me on instagram yeah mm-hmm. and basically just frost and then said can i come in and now he's flying up to sydney yeah i get that too and it's it's really cool and it's almost it's humbling for us too to know that people are really interested in what days, you're doing though. and they actually want to get off their ass and come and even just see what you're doing for a, a day or two and experience it it's really good thanks so much to Brent Deborah and Callan for sending us an email if you want to do the same please send us one uh, the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com or you can uh, hit us up on Facebook facebook.com slash the Mitchin thanks so much to everyone who just emailed just to say really nice things like um, sup cunts welcome back fuckers <laughs> thanks to John for that one and uh, just you know how, how good it is to have us back it's but we actually got the most downloads we've ever gotten of any episode since we started from that yeah, last if, episode if anyone so, can explain why that happened that'd be great like we're doing like thousands more than our regular like when network. Jordan came back to basketball and then you're like <laughs> fuck I need to watch this guy <laughs> um, so the last, yeah this, this, this is episode Space Jam where it all yeah. goes down <laughs> <laughs> do not talk bad about Space Jam how dare you uh, Monty we've been doing a thing well we said we would and we didn't do it the second week where we asked people to do a little ode to uh to their dish hand have you got a good dishy that you want to give a shout out to well yeah i've got we've just uh had our staff mail and gave employee of the year for the icebergs to a guy that used to be a kp at bicass mm-hmm. i've known him for almost 10 years now What's kp mean? Kitchen, kitchen porter kitchen porter yeah. right so dish hand uh-huh. um and his story is great he his name's dippin and he um, he came in with his mate for a job. We had one job going and there was two of them. So I said they could both come in and we'd choose one of them. <laughs> and we chose the other guy who ended up being an absolute dick. But he just kept turning up to work and we were like trying to explain to him with broken English, you don't have a job here. And he just smiled and just kept turning up. And then one day we needed him. And so he was there. So he had the job. And then he just sort of plugged away. Like the attitude thing is just so key plugged away soon he was doing food prep more than washing dishes and then we took him on at the icebergs and i said to him you're going to be in whites from the start so you're a chef always 
and he still wouldn't go full time. And then he's finally gone full time, been sponsored, and he's like chef to party of the pasta now. That's awesome. So good. So That's shouts awesome. to Dippin. Shouts to Dippin. Truly, we're, we're both Mitch and I have tears streaming down. <laughs> <our eyes. laughs> beautiful, beautiful tale. Uh, it's coming to. It the was end. all bullshit. Didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> it's like, got us punked again. Uh, come to the end of the Mitch and, uh, and uh, another thing to spring on you, Monty. We've been uh, trying to end each show since we came back with with a song, song of the week. Um, we we can we can talk about music in your restaurant first because like what mm. do you do you have any say in the music that gets played at your restaurants? Not really. There's a pretty there's a pretty devoted music culture there. Iceberg's just pure house, yeah. at all times. Yeah, house and I've been trying pretty hard to. I, every time it comes up, I say that we should do a crooks there, and we should. Uh, yeah, I really want to do an R and B party at Iceberg. Yeah, and I think it will happen. There's no, there's not really anyone that says no. Nah, we don't want to do that, but there is just an existing. It's like yeah, we pay, we paid for this Italian guy to do here <laughs> yeah. every day for the next three months, so yeah. we gotta wait for him to go. And like people actually really vibed him. Stefano is just Stefano. Yeah, he killed it. Dippin <laughs> like him. <laughs> I don't know if Dippin's met Stefano. Probably though. <laughs> so uh what do you listen to when you're not cooking um what do i listen i've got a real motley batch of music and i generally just keep it all on my laptop and then do random uploads onto my phone and listen off that i'm not a spotify user i tried using it and i just i stopped finding shit that i liked and i've been told that that's the opposite of what spotify is there for <laughs> <laughs> but it just wasn't for me so i do radio i do triple j and i do just a motley bunch of shit from the Stanton Warriors in Breakbeat Land, oh, just no. reminiscing about days gone by. <laughs> um, lots of old hip-hop. Um, and then throw a few spicy ones in, the uh, soundtracks from kids' movies that I've been to recently. <laughs> I get dictated to. Have Moana yet? Yeah, Moana, Fun Trolls. Oh, <laughs> is a Trolls soundtrack worth listening to? Yeah, it's all right. You get, it's catchy. <laughs> Mo- Moana soundtrack gets like a lot of play in our yeah. household. Yeah. And the... Um, what did we just watch? We just watched Boss Baby, and I don't know if the soundtrack's <laughs> a real thing in that, but that, it was pretty that, funny. What's that? Just a dream work? So just classic, massive songs from the last twenty years. I don't remember much songs. It was just it was pretty fucking funny. I guess that's a side note to music. That's the first good review of that movie I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I fell asleep for forty minutes in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I used to always go see movies with my friend Kato, who's another DJ, and uh, he would always fall asleep in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, it was before he got like diagnosed with sleep apnea so like he was like you know didn't really realize he was falling asleep and then he'd be like man i don't know the middle of that movie was pretty shit like, dude, you're asleep <laughs> who was who was that guy <laughs> well i think it's hard east gardens now have reclining chairs in every cinema oh, and so it's boss. just like conducive to naps yeah which i love a good cinema nap anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's just now it's a bit more dangerous because kids can walk off yeah um so yeah music Everything is awesome is another thing that oh amazing yeah from the Lego the Lego movie yeah <laughs> uh, have you seen the Lego Batman movie yet the new one that nah. I saw I saw it a couple of weeks ago it's very good a couple of weeks advanced Matt, I got an advanced yeah, wow got people in the know man <laughs> yeah. shouts to uh, Lee Tran Lam and her boyfriend Will uh, for for hooking the us hook up. up shouts with, to me wanting that yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely see that when it comes out so what you want that, you want us to end on everything is awesome could do. There's a um, there's like a lounge cover of everything is awesome is on the Lego Batman soundtrack. Can we end with that? Yeah, it's sure. pretty smooth. Lounge cover <laughs> sounds great. All right, we'll end with that. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, uh, Monty. Where can we find you online? You can find me online just on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, what's, what, your, what's your account, man? All right, just my full name, Monty underscore Kaludrovich. Kaludrovich, everybody, we did it. Do it. <laughs>
How do you spell Kaludrovic? K-O-L-U-D-R-O-V-I-C. Cool. I'll, I'll have to listen back when I write out the episode <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. description. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch can be found at Instakrill, at Krillin on the run on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and I'm at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Come and say hello to us and uh, talk to us about what you want us to, to, to do on the show in the future. We're really enjoying the new format of the show and uh, all our different feedback we're getting from it too. Again, you can find us facebook.com slash the Mitchin and the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And Monty, uh, any wise words to end the episode on? Push the lucky mango. Let's make it a thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Everything is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.